Welcome to the Green Phoenix's Mylar, my look at recovery. This is a podcast that will be focusing on mental health, understanding recovery, and restoring a voice to those who it has been taken from. Good afternoon, and welcome back to my look at recovery, joined with Pastor Larry Crayley. Over the last few episodes, we have been looking at the parable of the sower found in Luke chapter 4, verse, or just kidding, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15, and Matthew something. 13. What he said. I'm I'm going to let him take the reins because he's the pastor and so knows a little more about Bible stuff. Well, this isn't necessarily just about Bible, because we're talking about, um, with your whole podcast, Heather, and, and the reason I love being a part of this, is we're talking about our mental health, talking about how trials and traumas and uh, things, how that affects our mental health, how we respond to it, how we grow. Um, and we talked about earlier this year about our why, why we do different things. We went to the parable of the sower because for those of you that aren't familiar with the with scripture, it, it gives a, a great example of how we interact or respond to things. And I'll take a minute and go back and read what it is and do a quick recap of the last couple. There's, no, there's only four parts to this. So uh, I'm gonna read it out of Matthew 13. But it says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came along and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but, when, but the plants soon withered under the hot sun since they didn't have deep roots, they died. And other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as been planted. And then Jesus went down a little bit later in verse 18 and he kind of explained it. He said, now listen to the explanation of the parable. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches it away. Uh, Snatches away that seed before it's planted in their hearts. And when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, we talked about somebody that's not teachable, having a hard heart. And so the, the things that would help them to grow, the things they're trying to learn, these seeds that are being planted in their lives by the people around them, they're resistant to them. And so they don't ever sink in and they just kind of stubbornly go their own way without ever learning. Um, and then the second one, the seed that, uh, fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message immediately and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And, and we talked about how um, obstacles, speed bumps, things like that, as soon as things get hard, people that don't have the right support system, they don't remember their why, those kind of things, they quickly turn and and go the other way. They, they're like, oh, this is too much. I can't do it. I'm just going to be this way forever. My life is over. I'm, I'm not going to do it because it's too hard to do anything else. 
And so that's, we talked about how the support system helps us either remove those rocks out of our lives or how to reroute things so that we can do what we have before us. Yeah, things may look different now that we maybe have lost a loved one or maybe something in our body. Maybe we lost a limb or don't have mobility or don't have, can't function the way we once did. Um, we learn how to move around those obstacles and continue to move forward. Um, and then today, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. And this is one that I think, I think each one just it, it depends on where you're at in life. But this is one where we let the distractions around us and worry and trying to figure everything out and trying to control everything get in the way of our moving forward. Uh, we get distractions. Things happen that take our attention off focus from our healing, from moving to that next place in our life. The, all those things with our why, whatever your why is, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why are you moving forward? Why are you trying to get better? Why are you trying to start this new project? What's its account? You know, worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, uh, distractions from other people, the wrong voices in your life, all those things pull all of that stuff out and keep you from moving forward. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today. What are your thoughts when you hear this, Heather? I know you're sitting over there going, I hope he doesn't ask me. So what are your thoughts when you hear this? I think that when you think about the thorns in life, think about thorns in nature. They are there to defend the plant. They are there for protection. And so when you're walking through a briar patch or rosebush or whatever else and you, you encounter these thorns and they rip at your clothes and they shred your skin, it's because they are trying to protect the plant. And I recently asked my mother, and I'm not sure why I did this, how she would describe me as a plant. Partly because I was named after one, and so I have a personal grudge against all plants. And her response was that, her first response was a cactus. And then she expanded to be a flowering cactus. And it was over the phone, so she didn't get to see my face, but I'm pretty sure she saw it. Because she went on to explain what she meant. And... What she said was that when you look at a cactus, typically all you see is that outer shell and the thorns and it's not approachable. But once you get past that and you look inside, you see that it's actually really soft and tender. And the flower is supposed to be pretty, or I don't know, I don't remember the rest of it, but it, as we were coming into this episode, I was thinking about thorns and how and a lot of ways they get a bad rap, but they are there for, they have a purpose. And I think this is true in recovery. Those thorns 
that are in our lives have grown out of our experiences and they are there to protect us but at the same time they can hinder us because they can snag at us and for me I think the biggest thorn is that cycle of negative self-talk and how do you fight that how do you move past that and there's all kinds of different skills and things that you can theoretically learn and I've taught and I understand the dynamics of how they're supposed to work, but I can get it on a cognitive level, but being able to actually put it into practice is a whole new ballgame. So what do you think? Well, I'm going to do two things. One, I loved, actually really loved your mom's analogy. Um, because I think it is, it is a good thing. Now, I, the way you took thorns isn't necessarily how the parable talks about them because it's not talking about the thorns that are coming out of us and how we're not approachable or whatever those may be um, or those things that have stuck into us. Now, if you take it from that, if you walk through briars, you can get thorns stuck in you. When I was a kid, we had a three-wheeler and it wasn't ever, but every few days I was pulling a thorn out of my tire and plugging it because we would get thorns and we get these big, long, inch long thorns in our tires all the time. Um, thorns in a field, in a, in a, from a gardening standpoint, uh, choke out what is trying to grow. They're, they're thistles, they're considered to be kind of weeds and things. And as you walk through those, and this is where I think the analogy will help you um, kind of go along a little bit with yours, those thorns that you have in your life may have come off those things that you've went through and stuck to you. They're not necessarily growing out of you. Um, but that there, the negative self-talk, all, talk, all of those things that have developed in our lives over the years, the big mistake that we usually make is thinking that it is on us to get through these things that it's all only I have to do this, I have to get this right, I have to get all of this out. But what it really does is it goes back to that support system and the people that you have around you. Because when you get stuck in a thorn bush or you have those things, sometimes it takes people to help you get out. Sometimes it takes people to pull the thorns out of places that you can't see or reach. Um, it takes that support system to help keep you focused, to help keep you on track, to help pull those weeds out of your life. Uh, as much as it's on you, it's a partnership, it's a symbiotic relationship. It doesn't mean that you don't do anything. Yeah, you work towards those things. You work towards cultivating the soil of your life so that those thorns don't have a place, so that those weeds, those thistles, and even the rocks that we talked about don't have a place in your life. So you're constantly cultivating it. As those people around you are encouraging you and helping you, it will help dampen that negative self-talk. The problem with those things is that they've been recorded so deep in our lives that it's hard for us to break free from them for long that when the hard things come, when the rocky soil comes and things like that, we go back to those things and we start replaying them. 
and we forget about the people that have helped us. We forget about the progress that we've made. We get focused in tunnel vision back on where we were and think, oh, well, I must not be able to accomplish it. And the thing is, is that probably most leaders and most people um, find themselves at that place at one point or another. The negative self-talk, the doubt, anxiety, fear, those things that rush in when we go through difficult times. We really could have named this whole thing about building a good support system that help us stay focused on our why. Um, does that help put into perspective? Is it making sense to you? As I'm listening to you talk, a couple things are going through my head. One of them is the there seems to be this common thing in society, and maybe this is just the way that I see it, but where we seem to praise this idea of self-reliance and doing everything by yourself and not asking for help and really encouraging people to do that. And so everybody feels like that's what you're supposed to do when they're and so when they start struggling and they're like, why can't I do this when everybody else can do it? When that is so far from the reality, that's kind of what I'm getting from you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. I, I, I use racing analogies all the time. Every race car driver or anybody that works in that field, really any athlete, what you see is that one person that excels. They're the ones that get the trophy. They're the ones that get all the accolades. But what you don't see is the entire team behind them that puts them in the position to do that. Take NASCAR, for example. They're probably the easiest to use in this situation because they have pit stops. They have all kinds of different things. They have a crew for one car of 15 to 20 people that makes sure that that race goes off properly. And if all of them don't do their jobs and work together and support, they don't get there. Even to the guy that's on the, on the radio talking to the driver in his ear, encouraging him, reminding him that, hey, this is what's happening. Hey, we can recover from this. We can do this. And even though it might be one driver or another that's going to get that trophy, they understand that they're a team that gets there. And even after that, there are people throughout the week that make sure that everything is in order, that when they come in on a weekend, that everything is in the right place. So nobody, nobody gets to a place of success completely on their own. There's always people in their lives. There's always others that have had a part to play in what they're doing. I called one of my mentors yesterday. I actually reached out to him and said, hey, you got time in the next couple weeks? He goes, this afternoon? And we spent an hour um, talking over Zoom because he's in Denver 
talking about steps that I need to take and some frustration that I was having. Everybody has people in their lives that helps them get to that place. I know you're a racing fan. Quite honestly, I'd rather have a wisdom tooth pulled out with Novocaine than sit through a race. It's just not my thing. But when I was sitting here and I was listening to you talk, the thing that popped in my head were movies. Because I think it's something that more universally people can understand. You know, you go, you watch a movie, you see the actors on the screen, and you see everything that's going on. And then most people don't sit and watch the credits after the end of the movie or even a TV show. And if you actually sit and you watch the credits, maybe a tenth of the credits, which are always at the top, are the people that you see on the screen. And then you'll see the other people that you know, like people typically know to, or not maybe not typically, but a lot of more people know who producers are, who directors are, maybe some of the photographers and stuff, because those are more well-known. But nobody really stops to look at people that are the production assistants or the craft services or, you know, just these small names that don't even get their own line because they're in this huge thing, but if you watch it and you look and you see just how many people had to work together to create this thing. If one, every person that is on that screen was needed to produce that film. And so while we may see the end product, we don't see how everybody had to work together to get this thing up off the ground. And even for the people that are on that screen, you don't see all the auditions that they got rejected from. Mm -hmm. All you see is their success. And I think that in and itself can become a thorn because you only see the success. You don't see all the stuff that went into it. So then you start getting discouraged because why can't I do that? Mm -hmm. And I think this is especially true in one of my frustrations when they do shows about people with disabilities and they use able-bodied actors because representation is important and it's, it's great to see them being represented on the screen. Mm -hmm. a, a good example of this is the TV show Good Doctor where the main character is a, a doctor with autism mm -hmm. and the actor does not have autism and the way that the writing is it's not a true reflection of someone that is living that life, that is struggling with those things. But people see that and then they think, oh, well, autism's not that big of a deal. And they don't realize that there are people that are living with it that are still in an infancy stage, but they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Yep. No, those are great examples. And so I want to move our conversation because we've talked about the team. Those are important. Uh, to get us through out of the thorny patches to get us through these things because again the thorn and thorny weedy soil is distractions misplaced ambitions wrong motives all of these things in our lives that that take our focus off of our why or where we're going or get us off track 
Um, so the things that we need to do, the way I look at it, and I had a couple things written down, is when you have weeds and thorns and things in a garden, you do what? You, you cut them down, you pull them out, you get them out of there. Um, I used to hate, my parents had a quarter acre garden and I used to hate to go out and weed. My excuse was I don't need anything out of here. Why do I have to go work in it? And then I still had to go work in it. Um, it was a great excuse and I did eat things out of there, but it didn't, it didn't work the way I'd hoped. Um, but cutting out, the first thing I had was cutting out activities that distract us. Sometimes there are good things in our lives that keep us from accomplishing our goal. They keep us stuck where we're at because they take our focus off of moving forward. It could be from playing games on your phone or on the computer all day that keep you from move, doing things that you need to get done. Could be TV shows. Could be going to too many movies. Could be doing too much recreation to where your life is out of balance. And that becomes a thorn or a weed in your life that keeps you from moving forward. Even though they're not necessarily bad things, we often think of these things as being bad things. Hey, some thorny plants like roses are really pretty. People love them. Uh, my wife doesn't, but people love them. Um, and they're not necessarily bad things, but sometimes those, those things can become distractions in our lives. As important as it is to have some of those activities to help us reset, we gotta keep things in balance. Um, and then the second thing that I had was people that distract you or take you away from your goals. Getting the wrong voices in your head. Getting the wrong voices in your life. And let's face it, sometimes we can't avoid those voices. Um, sometimes they're family members, sometimes they're coworkers, sometimes they're uh, people that you interact with for various reasons but they speak negative things in your life and they kind of add to those negative talk and negative tapes that are in your mind. So having a plan to cut those things out or to minimize the effect of those things in your life is what we have to do because those things draw us away from what we're doing. What are your thoughts when you think about, okay, cutting out certain activities, cutting out maybe certain relationships and people that distract you? So I'm going to flip this around because I get what you're talking about. But there's also the opposite of this. Because sometimes you get so focused on work, 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 that you never take any time to do anything recreation because you feel like you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. But someone who's really smart named Larry keeps telling me that rest is important and eventually I'll listen to him. But you do, you have to find that balance. Because sometimes if all you're doing is working and pushing in the grind, that becomes overwhelming and you never feel like you're doing anything and then you just, you burn out. Mm -hmm. And then there's also those people that it's not that they're being negative. It's just they're not understanding what you're trying to do. And so they think they do and they think they're trying to help you. 
but they're taking your original idea and twisting it and turning it into something completely different that is not what you wanted, but because you don't have the confidence in yourself, you let them do it, and then you see this, and you're like, that's not even close to what I was trying to do, and you, because you put more faith in them than you did in yourself, it ends up being something that quite honestly looks like crap. Well, let's do this. And you're not wrong. And that's where having that that team in place. So here's what I want to do. It's one thing to talk about these issues, but I want to give some just some simple kind of guidelines. Maybe these are not by any means the end all that, you know, hey, just do these three things and your life will be changed forever. Uh, send me $19.95 monthly. Um, no, it's not, it's not anything like that. Um, I didn't say three easy payments. Come on, we gotta get, you know, we need to make an ongoing living here. Um, but what, it's one thing to identify that we need to, and I, let's call it balance in our lives. We're gonna talk about the good soil next time we come together and a lot of that is around having the right balance in our lives and having the right things happening. Okay, if you're looking at your life and you've got your goal and you've got your goals written down, maybe it's to work past an injury or an illness, to work around some things, maybe it's to start your own business, maybe it's to start uh, a ministry, whatever that may be, you have your goal. We've talked about putting the right people in place around you to help you accomplish that goal. So what you need to do, one of the biggest things to do is to make a list of the things that need to get done and the things that you want to accomplish and then make a list of things that are distracting you from doing that and look look at them and say is it something that i just need to adjust the time that i spend doing them is it something that i just totally need to cut out you know what are my options here and and when it comes to people it becomes more difficult i know that when i I'm going to relate it to my my Christian life. When I first became a Christian uh, a few years ago, more than 30 now, but I had a group of people around me that were good people, but that were pulling me away from where I needed to go in my life at that moment. So I had to, at that point, make a decision to cut them out of my daily life. Not out of my life completely. It's not, I I don't just throw people away, but I cut them out of my daily life. They no longer had that influence or that voice in my life. And I brought other people in to help the, the soil of my life grow that would help me. And sometimes those people have changed over the years. The same people around me are now aren't the same people that are around me 30 years ago. Actually, the people that are around me now aren't the same people that are around me five years ago. Because... I always, I need something different in my life from time to time. And it wasn't that I intentionally got rid of one or another. It's just that the flow ebbs and flows of life put different people in my life for different times and different circumstances. But having those people, so writing down where you're wanting to go and keeping that why in front of you, listing out those things that are helping you to get there And then listing out those things that are distractions. Putting together a routine in your life to help you 
develop that if the identifier these weeds are thorns or are they just areas that I need to have in balance and have in the right place because not everything that we need to slow down with is something we need to get rid of it might just be that we need to put it in the right place cut out those things that are hindering you if it's an addiction that's causing you issues like drug addiction, alcohol addiction, porn addictions, eating addictions, things like that, get help to get overcome those things because those things you need professionals usually to help you get overcome. If it's just a matter of getting your priorities in the right place. Use your team of people around you to help you sort through it. You've done a really good job of that over the last couple of years of these projects that you're working on, sitting down and saying, can you help me put this in the right order, in the right perspective? What steps do I need to take? There's nothing wrong in asking those things. I have to ask those things. And it takes people from the outside sometimes to show us what those steps might be, or you get enough voices that are kind of going, oh, you know, these are the things, and you sort through and go, okay, this is what's gonna help me get here. Does that make sense? I want some tools on that, and maybe there's some other things. What are some things that you think of when it comes to getting the thorns and thistles and things out of your life and getting to a place of being balanced and productive? I think the first step is to recognize where those are at mm -hmm. because sometimes you can get so entangled that they become part of your identity mm -hmm. they become part of how you see yourself and you can get buried in them so i think the first step is to recognize that there is a problem and then once you've recognized there is a problem, start seeking help, whether professionally or from a weird guy in a park. You know, you brought up uh, one last point, and I think we should probably end on this. One of the other values of having people in your life to help you is to show you your blind spots. Um, Let's face it, some of these things that are weeds and thorns are crutches in our lives that we hold on to, that we've held on to as part of our identity, that we're afraid that if we let that go, we won't know who we are. And it takes people walking with us through that to help us through those things, to help us see that we're more than somebody that has autism that we're more than somebody that has a disability that we're more than somebody that has dyslexia whatever those things are that's where that team is so important and we're afraid that if we lose that identity then we lose who we are which is far from the truth we're we're not losing the identity, we're building upon and, and moving around those things that hinder us so that we can become more of who we were created to be. As we wrap this up, I just want to throw this out there for anybody that's listening. There is a difference between acknowledging 
whatever it is, whether it's autism or borderline personality disorder or an addiction or you're bald, acknowledging that that is a part of who you are mm-hmm. and letting it become all of who you are. Because those things aren't going to just magically disappear. They are going to be a part of you. They are going to influence how you see the world. But it doesn't have to dictate everything in your life. Mm -hmm. And that can be really hard, especially in the beginning when you... Because the first part of it is accepting that that is part of who you are. But once you've accepted it as part of who you are, you have to work to push past it being this all-consuming, this is who I am. So until next time, when we talk about the good soil, have a great day.